how is this work affecting you? What's not allowing you to ask the next question? Hello, welcome to The Seasoned RD, a podcast connecting newer professionals in the field of eating disorders to those of us who have been around for a while. I'm your host, Beth Harrell, a certified eating disorders registered dietitian and supervisor. And I'm Abby Brown, a registered dietitian who is newer to the field. I think of myself as a well-seasoned cast iron skillet with wisdom and experience, yet always ready for something new. And I think of myself as an Instapot with innovation and a fresh perspective. This podcast brings both to the table to share ingredients, recipes, and techniques of past and present so we can all be our best for the future. The kettle is heating up. A skillet is on simmer. So join us around the table for true professional nourishment. Abby, ready to stir the pot? Let's do it. Today, our guest on The Seasoned RD is Aaron Flores. He's a registered dietitian nutritionist based out of LA, California. He has helped develop and launch one of the first binge eating disorder programs to help veterans struggling with this disorder. And since he works in the eating disorder community, helping run groups, providing individual counseling to adolescents and adults. He currently works part-time at the Center for Discovery as Senior Coordinator for Weight Inclusive Care and part-time in his private practice in Calabasas. Aaron is a certified body trust provider and his main area of focus are intuitive eating and health at every size. Today he talks about his binge eating course coming out through EDRD Pro. It is for dietitians, but I'm going to say this would be useful for any eating disorders professional. Trust me when I say that. He talks about how he never, he knew I would, I would never work in the field of eating disorders and now is one of the most important providers, instructors, teachers for us all in this field. He talks about, like so many of us, having to straddle the paradigms and the evolution that he went through to get to where he is today. Aaron talks about his manifesto for his body trust that he put on his website. And today we're calling this this manifesto for binge eating disorder treatment because it truly is a proclamation of what he has learned and what he is sharing with us and bringing to this field. And this episode is sponsored by EDRD Pro. It stands for Eating Disorder Registered Dietitians and Professionals. If you haven't heard of it, it's an online learning platform for eating disorder dietitians that has been growing since 2017. You can learn all about membership benefits, browse the webinar library at edrdpro.com. Catering to eating disorder dietitians, members range from students to seasoned professionals. Every month, there are new continuing education webinars that explore various topics related to eating disorder treatment, counseling skills, working from a weight-inclusive lens, and even clinician self-care. So important. In addition to the monthly webinars, there are amazing courses that you can complete at your own pace, including courses on treating ARFID, using acceptance and commitment therapy and nutrition counseling, working with adolescents from a family-based treatment-informed approach, and the newest course that we're talking about today, Binge Eating Disorder Treatment for Dietitians. All right, so welcome, Erin. We have Erin Flores with us today, and both Abby and I are totally fangirling him. And we get to hear about his entry into the field of eating disorders as a professional, as a nutritionist, and what he learns and how he teaches. And Abby, before we get started, why don't you get... Okay. 
Well, Aaron, again, just kind of highlighting what Beth has already said. We're so excited to have you on. You've got a lot of cool things in the works right now. So we can't wait to talk about that and for the world to get to see a little bit more of you, specifically the eating disorder world. But starting off light here, not not too heavy yet. So mountains or beach? Beach. Easy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm that in was LA. Fast. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Stick me on a beach. I mean, it, it's preferable if there's someone to bring me a drink, but if not, I can supply my <laughs> own. Yeah. I could, I could sit on the beach for quite some time. I could float in the ocean for hours. Yeah. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. And then breakfast or dinner? I mean, listen, that, I'm not going to be, you know, all or nothing here. I, I think breakfast has a really strong case. I make a mean egg. And, and I think if, if all of this falls through the wayside, I am going to have a cafe and just make eggs. And it's going to be called Ufa. Oh. You know, like, so you've actually French. thought about this. Oh, yeah. No, French is, you know, egg, oop, and, you know. And when you eat the food, you're gonna be like, "Ooh, oh, that was good," right? <laughs> and so, so I love a good egg, and I think it's something that takes, just like bread, takes some skill to make. You can't just, you know, throw a egg in the pan and scramble <laughs> it. You got to take some care, right? No, yeah. no one wants a runny, watery egg. Ever. It's a delicacy. Um, it's a, yeah, right. And but I'll be honest, like, come on, like, really well thought out, yummy dinner. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it just like, I could, I could probably do both. I mean, I'm not going to pick one. I'm just going to go like they each can really make my heart sing. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take it. Love it. I am a morning person though. So like, I, I will say getting up and like making breakfast is really like, I love. Mm. See, we got to learn so much with you about you that. And you didn't and that was the to- show. Thanks everyone. That was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to choose. And this is the, yeah. Okay. So I audio book or paper book. Okay. Here's let's be honest. Neither. I'm not a book person. <laughs> like I just, and, and what's even worse, it, my, my, my mother, her career was in the book business. She had a children's bookstore for many years that was known throughout the city and, and actually nationally. It's horrible. I hate to admit it. I'm not a book person. I would much rather listen to a podcast than than a book. Awesome. Okay. I, that I see. You never would have known. Never would have yeah. guessed that. Okay. So I am going to take you back, and hopefully this is not too traumatizing to ask this question. Back to exam day. You're a registered dietitian. <laughs> yeah. And so, what do you remember? Was it a number two pencil or a keyboard? Keyboard. Yep. Yeah. Keyboard. It was a testing site in Northridge. I totally remember driving there. I remember like all of a sudden taking the test and the screen going black. It just ends automatically. You don't know when it's going to end when it's computerized like that and being like, okay. And then it waits. And then all of a sudden it pops up and says, you know, congratulations, you've passed. And I remember being, you know, it's like a testing site. So not everyone in there is taking the RD exam. They're all taking all different. And I was, I think I was the only one in there and you know, it, it had taken roughly, you know, six years, seven years to like do all of this from start to finish. And so like, I don't think the, the, the poor soul behind the counter realized any of that. Right. But I'm like, 
I'm finished. And and they were like, uh-huh, that's great. Yeah, you're finished. Yeah. And I was like, so yeah, I know I remember it very clearly. Did they, uh, did you have to take that and really annoying little survey before they show you your score? That I don't remember. No, I, I don't think so. That's a new addition and it just makes, it raises your anxiety tenfold because oh, yeah, you've, sure. you've got to answer all of the, and you're just skipping through. You don't even yeah. care what you're answering at that point. Yeah. I just put middle answer for yeah. everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so how long have you been in the field? How long have you been a dietitian? 2007 is when I finished my, yeah. It's hard to remember like all these numbers, right? But mm-hmm. I think two, yeah, 2007 was when yeah. I finished that. My, my actually got my RD. Exam. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned it took several years to get there. So tell us, how did you decide to become a dietitian? And then how did you get into the field of eating disorders? I decided to become a dietitian around 30. It was my career change. And I was working in the video game world. It got to go back into your time machine and think like the dot-com boom. And I was definitely a part of that. And I dropped out of college and went to school in Boulder and dropped out, came back home and needed a job. And so I worked in the video game industry for, for a considerable amount of time. What led me to become a dietitian is my own messed up relationship with food and body. I had, my weight had changed. I had really like go head first into dieting in my mid twenties. And it was through all of those experiences that really led me to like wanting to become a dietitian. And I actually went to like a career counselor and sort of did some work around that. And, and eventually, you know, just said, I'm going to quit work and I'm going back to school to finish my bachelor's and become a dietitian. And again, it was from this perspective of, you know, here's, here's how I lost weight. I'm going to tell everyone how to do it. I really like Richard Simmons. I was going to be sort of more stoic Richard Simmons and I remember as I started to do all of this work, like undergrad, is I knew the one place I would never work was with eating disorders. And here I am. So it was a radical shift. And part of what, what opened up that, that shift was, as I, you know, I, was, I, was, I finished my degree, I was doing my internship, and I was still pretty hardcore restricting and, and dieting. And, and actively trying to, you know, control my weight. And I was still, and, and even with all that work, I was by far the biggest dietitian in my, in my undergrad and in my, um, in my internship. And I remember hearing Elise Resch speak at a local like dietetic, you know, professionals organization. And, and here I heard her speak and I, it just resonated with me. There was something about the way she presented intuitive eating to this group that really landed for me. And I sent her an email after and she replied. And I was like, you know, I can't, can't believe she replied. I didn't think she would reply. And then she invited me to her supervision group and I went. And I went for like three or four years. And it was really like, I mean, honestly, it was like my own therapy. Like I, you know, it, that was where I learned about intuitive eating. It was where I heard others talk about it. You know, I had this career at the VA. That's where I did my internship in LA. And so I stayed at the VA. I was lucky enough to do that. 
And I was working within a weight loss. I was running a weight loss program, but learning about intuitive eating. And, you know, over time, I realized hearing these other professionals speak in the super in the group supervision that all of the conversations I really wanted to have around food and body were in the eating disorder world. Mm-hmm. That I didn't want to be having the conversation that I was having in a weight loss office. I wanted to have it in the eating disorder world. And so I re- you know, I, I, I over time was able to find some part-time gigs in eating disorder treatment centers and really learn on the fly, you know, with, and with a lot of like mentoring from, from supervisors and, and things like that. And, and eventually it led me to starting a private practice and working for center for discovery, which I do also. So, you know, it, it, there's no way I would have ever guessed that I would be doing the things I'm doing now. If you were to ask me in 2004, or 2005, well, in such an interesting perspective, because you explained you wanted to become a dietitian to tell people this is how you lose weight. Mm-hmm. And now you're at a complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also how amazing to have a lease kind of carrying you through to all of that. I mean, well, you know, and it's not just me. I mean, I think the, 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 the service she provides in, in supervision, I mean, I can't, I can only guess at the number of people that have either virtually or physically sat in her office as a group and, and learned with her. And I'm sure Evelyn Triboli is doing a very similar thing. So it, it, it really speaks to the, the legacy of, of what intuitive eating and like, and teaching folks about it professionals means. I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a, it was a huge privilege, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that it's not accessible to a lot of folks, but I'm, I'm super thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell us about your private practice. Well, geez, the marketing pitch. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my private practice is it's based out of Calabasas and just like everyone with COVID, it is pretty much all virtual now, but I, you know, it, it's, it's been interesting to sort of evolve in private practice of like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I not going to do? What, you know, where are my, where's my wheelhouse, right? What, what am I, and, and I remember starting a private practice feeling like I need to do everything. Like everything is yes. Like everything, I'm going to say yes to everything. Every client that wants to come in, yes, come on in. And, and, or every like opportunity that shows up, yes, I'm going to do that. And I, I started, I really started it just to sort of see if I could do it. I, I found an office that was really cheap at the time. And it was so cheap. Like all I had to see is like one or two people a month and I would pay. For in Calabasas, you found a cheap office or is this a different location? No, it was in Calabasas. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was like a, probably like 200 square foot room. Yeah. Um, but that's all I needed. And yeah, if I saw, you know, three or four people a month, I would pay the rent. And if I didn't, I was like, okay, I'm happy to eat that cost. Like that's okay. That's, you know, I, wow. I can do that. Yeah. And so I, I can't say I did a lot of planning. I just sort of did it. I'm like, okay, who wants to work with me? I think now I don't say yes to nearly as much. And I think I would say the, my private practice is really grounded in intuitive eating, health at every size principles. I'm a certified body trust provider. So my, my office is 
you know, I do a lot of that kind of work in, in my, in my office and working with clients. I also am really transparent with folks. I like, I, people say, oh, I want to work with you. Great. Here's what I do. And here's what I don't do. One of the things I had to do as a part of my certification for body trust was write a manifesto and a ethical statement. And I put them on my website and people are, I want people to know when you're coming to work with me, here's how I'm going to do this. Here are my values. They don't have to be your values, but I'm also not going to compromise them. Right. So folks, they, one of the big questions I get is, well, are you going to help me lose weight mm-hmm. in, in the practice? And my answer is no, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it and you can, we can process it and we can, you can have informed consent, but I'm not going to give you a restrictive meal plan. I'm not going to probably even give you a meal plan, period. I'm not, I don't have a scale, so I'm not going to weigh you. And I'm not going to bring any weight stigma into our work together. So even if you gain weight in our process, I'm okay with that. And we'll, you know, I'm not going to all of a sudden say, okay, now that now you've gained too much weight. Mm-hmm. So my, my private practice is, I think where I, in some ways it's like the, the testing ground of like, how do I really want to show up to this work? Like, what are my boundaries? What are the things I want to be able to do? And some things I'm, like I said, I'm not going to compromise on. And if that means folks might work with someone else, I, that's okay to me. Like, I think I'm going to make space for the people who are going to benefit from this work or who are ready for it. And if you're not, that's okay too. Like, come back later. I'm here, right? I'm not going anywhere. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a that was the worst marketing pitch elevator. That's pitch. Great. That was the oh, elevator no. pitch going to like the three hundred four. Um, now I don't feel so bad about how I started this <laughs> podcast. I'm so okay. like I pie in the sky looking at Aaron Flores across from me and like I, I just froze. Yeah. Um, so I do know that you are taking. I, I have sent, I work in Kansas city and sometimes men want men or their nutritionist. And I have sent people your way. I don't know if they ever panned out to be clients for you, mm-hmm. but now with the pandemic and I know across, we can do coaching, maybe not mm-hmm. medical nutrition therapy mm-hmm. across state lines, but it, 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 that service that you have is available, but you do so much more than that. You're a teacher you are a supervisor. And then I know Abby also wanted to ask you a little bit more about body trust and what that is. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking at your website, you know, you've got a lot of credentials behind your name and a lot of those we see all the time. So of course, RD, and then we see CED all the time and CBT and PT and this and that, but I have never really see. Tell us a little bit about body trust. Yeah. Um, you know, Body Trust is a certification I received from Be Nourished, and and it's a it's a duo in a team in Portland, Hillary Canavian, Dana Sturdivant, and Body Trust certification for for me was you know again building on what I already knew about intuitive eating and health at every size, but it it did something really important at least for me that that helped me feel much more stable, let's say, in this work, is it brought in a lens of weight stigma. It brought in a really strong social justice eye 
to this work. It, it helped bring a, a context for how to sit and be in these conversations and learning. And, and really, like, I think one of the things it did, especially as a dietitian without any sort of like prior formal work in this area, right, is to really think about how do I show up in the room with with the folks I'm working with, and and I I I think the the thing about how I work is I'm I'm very relational, right? I, I'm not stoic. I think the, this work is building relationships with people, and body trust was you know aside from the framework of like reclaiming body trust or or being at home in our body and helping people do that, it helped me as a provider really explore what that means for myself, right? Like, what does that mean for myself, even in a session, right? When, you know, it, it's, I live in a larger body, I identify as fat. And, you know, as doing this work, and, and often working with people who are in larger bodies, and hearing their own daily struggle, is sort of realizing, how does this affect me in the room? Right. What is my own body trust narrative around that experience? Because the reality is, and what, what I wish, you know, what, what I what I know dietitians are not getting in training is like, how is this work affecting you? Right? How is this work with folks who are struggling in a lot of different areas? How is it what are you taking home with you? What are you not taking home with you? What are what's not allowing you to ask the next question, right? Or to hold space for the really difficult conversation. And to me, along with a lot of sort of very tangible things around body trust, I think it gave me the ability to sit with in those moments. Huge. I, I mean, this got to my other question too about supervision and you as a teacher and a supervisor now. And I remember my very first supervisor that there was something I was saying about a case and she looked at me and said, you don't like that person, do you? And I just went, what? When you said, how does this affect me in the room? We, we, our clients with eating disorders are very intuitive as, and they tap into who mm -hmm. we are in the room. And that's where I think the supervision, I don't know what yours was like and, and how you do supervision now, because I know you do it for Center for Change, but also it is how you as a human show up and how your feelings, you know, your transference, countertransference, things that we don't learn as dietitians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a whole space of if we knew more about, we would do differently, right? Or would approach differently. And so, yeah, it's a it's a it was, it was a really important evolution in, in just my career that was really helpful. How far into being an RD did you decide that you wanted to also do body trust? I met. Hillary and Dana, I knew them online, like, you know, through social media. And then I met them at a conference that Jess Baker put out. It was called the Body Love Conference. And I think she did it a couple times. And it was for lay people. It wasn't for, you know, professionals. 
And it was in Tucson. And I remember meeting them there along with Carmen Cool. And, you know, I went to their talk and I was like, oh, shit, this is like the real deal. Like these are <laughs> folks that like are doing something really important that resonates with me. And then when they did their body, when they announced the body trust certification, I remember like even the first cohort, I was like, oh, that's, I really want to do that. And for whatever reason I balked, I didn't do it. And then I, but and I did it the second cohort. So it was pretty soon after they decided to do certification that I enrolled. So really, since you've become an RD, you've kind of just fit right into this eating disorder world and the intuitive eating world. It took a while. I mean, so, so I mean, chronologically, right? I mean, that was probably 2009 or 10. And I'd been a dietitian already for about three or four years. Mm. So it, it there was an evolution there. Like, I, again, like I did not start out with any of this really in mind, right? I, mm -hmm. I was still, and I even straddled paradigms for quite some time too of doing both, right? <laughs> oh, I'll teach people intuitive eating and also weight loss in the same breath. Um, so so it, it did take me some time to, to find this and really settle into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that straddling of the paradigms is so, like you had, you've used the word stoic twice. You said, um, I was going to be a more stoic Richard Simmons. And then mm -hmm. you said, but I'm more relational. I'm not mm -hmm. stoic. Mm -hmm. And so it's that evolution of, mm -hmm. of Aaron. And that, yes, chronologically, three years doesn't seem like much, but almost all of us who come into the eating disorders field as professionals have come through the lens of weight loss. Yeah. And straddling that paradigm so hard. And so this course, which brings me to that next thing, you had mentioned yeah. the Be Nourished folks were doing something really important. You're doing some really important, I'm going to say really, really important things right now. There is a course coming out through EDRD Pro um, on binge eating disorder. And yeah. it is hours and hours and hours of recordings as well as some live sessions and mm -hmm. some other. So tell us about this course. Yeah. Well, first off, as soon as Sumner Brooks, who started EDRD Pro, I know from the VA, we, I was a preceptor and then she was, I, I don't know if she was my intern, but she was in the intern class right after me. And we also did supervision with Elise Resch together. So Sumner and I go back a, a ways back. And I just respect what she's doing so much. And she actually it was Fiona Sutherland who like reached out to me first, who's another person in this field. I'm like, oh, I mean, if, if he calls, like you just pick up, like, yeah. you, you know, there's no, it's a no brainer. And she asked like, would you be willing to do this course with me? And I was like, yes, I'm a, but like, I'm really busy. Like, when are you going to do it? Like, is it going to work within my schedule? And 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 luckily, it, it all worked out. And what's been so, like, nice about it is to sort of be given, really, to be given the space to say, create whatever you want to create, right? Like, like, Sumner basically just provided us a platform. But, like, you know, Fiona and I just sort of were able to do the things that sort of connect to both how we work 
and what we know is going to be helpful and given the space to really create something meaningful without like someone being like, well, that really what you should be doing. Mm. Really? That doesn't sound right. That's not, maybe mm. not how we do it. Right. It's like, I think sometimes you make a presentation and people are like, no, it's got to have, it's got to fit within this guideline. Like don't stray too yeah. far. And what was nice is like, given that creative space, we were able to create, you know, a series of five modules that explore all different aspects of working with folks with binge eating disorder from the sort of very tactile information that you want to hold on to that you want, but also the ethereal of, you know, this is what it, this is the feel that you want, right? This is the, the emotion or, or the, or the, the context of which you want to like have these conversations or things to bring up and also providing a space to like, say like, you know, it's okay if you don't know this, like we're going to talk about these things, but we're not expecting you to know it and all of it right now. Right. We're just like, your job is just to listen and be curious about how it shows up for you. So it's sort of like, here's all the information, but like, again, how do you show up in this training? Like what, what are you noticing about yourself as you learn this information and how can you be kind to yourself as you might unlearn. Yeah. I mean, here, if anyone is even on the fence about this course, do it. Because as Aaron said, when, when Fiona called, I mean, he picked up, but he said, yes, but I'm really busy. You get to spend hours with Aaron and Fiona in this course. And it is for all levels of practitioners. Yeah. A brand new all the way, because you're going to learn some of the language for myself, who has been in the field over 30 years, starting at an inpatient residential, well, at inpatient hospital unit for eating disorders in 93. Well, so not quite 30 years, almost. And so just knowing it helped me pull together like, yes, this is how I do it. And it just validates that. And mm. some of the language that is is given, I can then adopt. And I know that the price tag may look high for some people. Believe me, you, it is worth every minute of it. You get to be yeah. in the room with Aaron and with Fiona, who are both, like they said, busy, but they have this important work that yeah. um, you're sharing. You know, you mentioned something at the end there. And just to circle back, I, when I mentioned, you know, I, I saw the body trust certification and I balked. I balked because of the price. And, yeah. you know, that's a real thing, right? I, I think it's, 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 it's a real thing that we can struggle with. And just to sort of name that there's when the value, right, that this, that trainings bring, no matter what they are, right, the value that trainings bring to us is like you can't put a price tag mm -hmm. on. And and I think one of the things that I am really appreciative of Sum, Sumner for, and this is something to model for our profession, is that there's value in our teaching. And so much of what, what I have seen a lot in our profession is undervaluing what we bring to the table and undervaluing 
our ability to help people and teach and educate. And so the price tag might cause people to balk, but there's value in it, right? There, we're, we're actually making a really important change in our community when we put, put value like this on education. Mm-hmm. Well, and then back to what you said about unlearning unlearning, you know, kind of what has Mm -hmm. gotten us here now. So there's value in that even. And Mm -hmm. uh, Beth, like you mentioned, it's for all professionals. It doesn't have to just be for dietitians. And in this healthcare world, we have been for so long, just weight focused. Weight loss is the cure for, you know, everything under the sun. And we have to unlearn those things. So Mm -hmm. what a, what a great tool to do that. Yeah. This is what I love about having Abby as a co-host is that she's, you know, just recently come through a nutrition program and become an RD. And so she knows what's being taught now. And then having um, a dietitian who's very experienced, not in the eating disorders world, but she had said, well, if you take away weight loss for dietitians, what do they have? And it was just struck me when she said that, like, oh, Wow. It's such a small lens. I mean, yeah. Well, it's baked into all of our training. Yeah. Right. I mean, like it it is really baked into all of our training and like, you know, I hear it on with new clients all the time. Like, so, well, what are you going to do for me if you're not going to tell me what to eat? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they're coming in with a certain condition. Doctor referred them. Okay. My doctor said I have to lose weight and then I will be cured of this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. And it is Mm -hmm. just simply not true. Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned too, in another podcast, or maybe even in the course itself is, is the supervision. So as I I was, I sitting and listening to, Honestly, and you mentioned with Elise, that was almost like your therapy a minute mm-hmm. with supervision, but it was a way that I I really feel like this course also is a way for people to get some idea of how to show up in the room and how they may. You invite mm-hmm. people to, to be open. You ask them to pause mm-hmm. and to write some very thought-provoking questions about themselves, about ourselves, about how we show up. And in some ways I do consider that to be, it's a, it's a professional development that you can't get just by reading something and answering questions about it. It's literally practicing it. Well, and that's the benefit of, I think this course too, is, is one of the really intriguing parts to me was not just these modules, but being able to do live events with people right throughout, you know, I think there's three or five of them. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but like we're, you know, we're here to listen, right. And, and, and get the questions and sort of be able to hold that space and help, you know, what does it mean to apply this in, you know, with our clients. Mm-hmm. And you go through the whole gamut of medications and bariatric mm-hmm. surgery and therapy and both from an international perspective because Fiona is not in the United States. Mm-hmm. And and again, like it validates, it ties things together and it is what people tend to come to after mm-hmm. they've been through the weight loss. Like I want to help people lose weight kind of into that world of of being in that room. And when you had mentioned when you were talking about private practice, it's and and the body trust, 
is is how does this affect you in the room? And identifying both in terms of size, however people identify, mm-hmm. gender, size, any any way that we show up in the room is just something that we need to be thinking about. Mm. Yeah. As a professional. Sure. You had also mentioned that you were the biggest dietitian in your undergrad, mm-hmm. which we use the word a lot in, in the course. And when I first started in supervision, it would have been around in 95, 96. It was with a therapist. So I was fortunate enough to be in a group of therapists and dietitians who treated eating disorders. And so it became that shame mm-hmm. was uh, there's a, a classic article that really the, the psychologist who was leading this uh, supervision helped us understand that shame is the root. And then you go into that in the course as well as trauma. Mm-hmm. Those are huge. Yeah. Those are like woven throughout. Yeah. And, and things that are not often discussed, right? Like, again, like, you know, the, the point where I knew that the body trust certification would be really important is when they started to talk about trauma mm-hmm. and, and, and the impact of trauma on, on both on the emotional side, but also the physical side. And I think bringing that lens into all of this has really changed how I think about this work. And I think, you know, being able to name trauma and especially the impact of weight stigma on, on individuals is a lens that we have to include if we're going to have any of these conversations. Mm-hmm. And goes to show how, nutrition and your health and your wellness and all the things that go into it, there's multiple levels. It's not just what you're eating, but you know, people will come or think all the time. If I were to just lose this amount of weight, I wouldn't have this stress. This trauma would go away, da, da, da. But you have to really tackle each level there. Otherwise, sure, you're going to be in a smaller body, but you're, you're still going to have all of these other struggles. So, I mean, it, you need to encompass so much there. Yeah. And the only thing that will change is that you'll have less weight stigma and people do feel better when they are less stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, of course you might feel better exactly in a smaller body because no one's judging you because people are praising you. People are, you know, even calling you attractive, which is a, another boundary we could talk about. But, you know, I mean, I just validate to people like, yeah, you're, there's parts where you're going to feel better. But what is the consequence of the behaviors that you're doing, right? If that's what you pursue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, I could talk to you forever. And so I got to sit in and review some of the courses and I'll be in the live courses when they come up. So mm-hmm. I have my own questions for you and Fiona in this. So anything else that you want people to know mm-hmm. about the course itself? Yeah. You know, one of the nice things about it is, you know, even though they're sort of brief given the, the the context of some of the other modules, but there are some really great interviews that we did with Amy Pershing, Dr. Rachel Milner, and Dr. Jen Gaudiani that are a part of this. And and hearing their perspectives woven into this is is really nice. It's a really excellent resource. They're almost like consider them like mini podcast audio 
podcast, right? You know, video podcasts that that are really great supplemental aspects to it. And I think the other thing is that we we've, we've structured it in a way where you don't have to do it all at once, right? Like you can space it out as you're ready, right? You can. It, I think the benefit of doing these things at home, right? When we're comfortable, we can like maybe actually feel like we can move into this more. And I think that's that's a huge benefit of just how we're learning right now and how we're yeah. using our time in, in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and the names that you just brought up, these are when you had mentioned about Be Nourished doing something really important. Mm-hmm. There are all the folks who are doing important things. Yeah. And, you know, we've been in the field for a long time, Aaron, and things change. And, and thankfully, weight-centric practices are being called out. And it's these folks that you're bringing into the room who have brought us here um, and who are carrying us beyond. I know there's research going on about weight-neutral care. I just did a talk with Dr. Peebles and Mm -hmm. Millie Plotkin for the Academy for Eating Disorders on no-weight care or weight-neutral care. Mm -hmm. And there are doctors out there who don't even know about, mm-hmm. uh, well, that's not surprising, but even they don't know about us as dietitians who practice in this space of weight neutral care. Mm-hmm. And it shows up in our own doctor's appointments and it shows up in our clients for sure. And we are holding space for them and helping them. And so all of this language is right there in the course. So that's, I just can't promote it enough. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. And it it means a lot. Again, like it, we do these things very like siloed in a way, right? We don't quite know what it's going to be like when it actually gets out there, but to hear, you know, so, so many kinds of words mean, means a lot. <laughs> Great. Well, and, and it, as much as we want to help our patients and clients and all of that, it's got to be a culture shift. And that's probably going to start with us as healthcare professionals. So again, what an awesome course, what an awesome tool for us to all kind of get involved in that. And so now kind of our wrap up question for you, Aaron, is taking yourself back to entering the field of eating disorders. What do you wish you would have known then that you do know now? Yeah, I mentioned it a little in, in, in the BED course. I wish someone would have told me that you, you do supervision from day one and, mm-hmm. and sort of not stigmatized it. There was, I, I, listen, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I think there are times where I am very reluctant or was reluctant to do supervision. I was like, someone's going to judge me. Someone's going to like say I'm doing it wrong. And like when you do w- what I remember about my internship is it's a daily experience of not doing it right. And someone mm-hmm. like evaluating you like literally with a form almost every day, right? So like you never want to do it wrong. And I think if you find the, the right supervisor, right? It, it really is about bringing your own, bringing a curious, curious lens to all the things you're doing and knowing that like, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. Like I'm not a perfect dietitian. I, there are things I don't know. There are things that when I collaborate with someone and hear a different perspective or get, insight or feedback, I do better. And, and it's, and it, so like, I I wish someone would have taken away some of that shame that I thought was going to be there 
around supervision and just said like, you know what, it's, you're going to budget it. It's going to be a part of your, your monthly budget. It, and it's almost like, not that it's non-negotiable, but like it's, it's don't take it out. Right. You can always afford to do it and it's worth it. Right. It, again, value, like what is the value it's bringing to us? Because even whether you've been doing this 10 minutes or 10 years, there's always space for growth. And I think we pay a lot of lip service to that, right? I mean, for the amount of time I've heard the academy say, oh, we're lifelong learners, great. Then help people to do supervision, right? It's not just going to a conference, right? It's like actually deeply exploring these things in a way where you are emotionally growing from it. And and the other piece too is I I, I wish that that as I did that with supervision, right? That that I always was more open to feedback from my clients, you know, and because it's something I tell them now often. Like I want to hear your feedback. Yep. If, if you don't, if I said something that didn't sit well with you, if I I'm doing something that is not supporting you. It's okay to tell me, and and it's okay for us to talk about it. And I want to hear it. Like I'm inviting you to share it with me because it makes me better mm-hmm. if you That's do. Awesome. Yeah. And I think you know if we can both because we're giving a lot of feedback to our clients, right? We give we're yeah. like a constant feedback mm-hmm. a source for our clients. But I think. No, saying that like, this is a two-way street. Like I get to hear from you also, especially in the eating disorder world where people I think are pathologized and like, you can't like, oh, this must be your eating disorder talking to me right now. And and I'm not going to li- like, I, I would love to change that way mm-hmm. of thinking and saying like, no, there's still a person sitting across from me and they could still have feelings about this. Mm-hmm. And I could be doing something differently to support them that might be more meaningful for them. And I'm happy to hear that. Mm, I love that. Are do, are you providing supervision for professionals right now? I have a couple folks that I do supervision with. And again, it's just sort of, uh, listen, and this is the, the I, I'll be transparent. I'm not certified in some sort of supervision practice, right? No. It's just, you know, again, that whole experience, like we're just going to sit mm-hmm. and talk, share with me what's going on. Mm-hmm. How can I support you? Yeah. And we'll just talk about your cases and what's showing up for you. And I'm happy to listen. Well, so I, do, I do work with a couple of folks. Yeah. Here, here's the thing about supervision to me is I was in supervision well before I ever knew about any kind of certifications. And it's just because I, I worked for a children's hospital, eating disorders, outpatient, and medical stabilization program that they said, we want you to be certified in your area of specialty. I said, well, there's no certification for eating disorders. And then I found the CEDRD. But supervision to me is like, as you're talking, Aaron, I would like to be in your supervision room. I would like to, regardless of low experience, high experience, Mm -hmm. whatever, just your voice and the way that you describe things is so calming, but I know that you could be confrontational in a gentle way to help professionals mm-hmm. really do that. So not to add more to your plate, but if you yeah, have sure. supervision groups, if that becomes part of your career, yeah. I'm signing up. Okay. I, I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> if I find the extra two, two hours and 24 hours, I will let you know. Exactly. Okay. 
So Aaron, where can, where can all of our listeners find you? It's a really good question. And I will be honest, one of the, one of my big self-care things over, over the pandemic is I am not on social media nearly as much as I used to be. So I have an Instagram account. It's at Aaron Flores RDN. I post my groups there when I'm doing stuff. I really, I haven't posted an, a picture there in a while. It's just, I don't know. There's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Anyways, but I, I do have an Instagram page that I, I loosely maintain. My website is smashthewaitriarchy.com. And you can go there and you can email me or send me questions through my website or through Instagram. I check that, you know, about once a week. Um, those are really the best ways to just continue to stay in touch with what I'm doing. And I don't, I'm not recording new episodes, but I do have a podcast called Dietitians Unplugged that is still available on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and all those places. So that's a really great resource for folks who just want to hear more of me talking into a microphone about some of this stuff. <laughs> and loving it. That is still, I mean, that is a great podcast. If you haven't heard of it, you want to go in, start at the beginning, start in the middle, just pick an episode that has a title that you are interested in and you're going to find yourself listening on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. So Doing that with my co-host, Glennis Oyston was, I mean, and still, I mean, it's just like, we had so much fun doing mm. those episodes and she's, she's a great voice in this community also. Yeah. So it was just, it was really great to do those. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite quotes in, is in your intro is like, how many times do you have to tell people about health at every size? And it's like, oh, a thousand times. And mm. that's just to my yeah. doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you for having me. A big thanks to Aaron for joining us today and a little more on the course. It is co-instructed by Aaron Flores and Fiona Sutherland, and it is the first comprehensive training course designed just for RDs on an inclusive approach to treating binge eating disorder. It includes five self-paced learning module, as well as four 90-minute live learning sessions that start in July 2021. Sign up by July 15th in order to grab your spot for the summer of 2021 cohort of live meetings. But all information about EDRD Pro membership and courses is available at edrdpro.com. You can sign up for a trial month for just $1 with no long-term commitment or even opt for a group annual membership for more savings. There's loads of ways to work and grow with EDRD Pro as you move along on your professional learning trajectory. Let's lean on each other and learn from each other so we can grow together as professionals in this field of eating disorders. If you want to connect with me for supervision or membership with monthly content, please find me at bethharrell.com professionals.